All right, I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. So most weeks we take a listener question that by going to our website, techgumbo.net. This week we didn't really have a, a good question. We hope you will go to techgumbo.net, give us a question. We'd love to send out that Tech Gumbo mug to you. So we're just going to move on into some bigger stories. iPhone, the Apple's iOS 17.3 was launched this week and had some cool features, had some security patches and updates. But one of the things it's got is the ability to help your phone from being activated once it's been stolen. Yes. So Apple faces the problem of because a lot of their tools are so powerful and let you unlock so much stuff once you get in that they're having to build in other layers so that your unlocking becomes weaker or becomes harder it's kind of a weird problem that they have all the way around you know we've talked in the past about people who had their phones stolen that the hackers were able to then change some of their passwords and because of the way that the apple system works they were locked out of everything that they have Apple forever. And so to try and prevent this from happening, you can now activate new safety protection features. This new, new feature is called the stolen device protection. And what you have to do is go into your settings. What You have to download 17.3 first. So upgrade your phone, get, get to 17.3. Then go to your settings, go to the face ID and passcode, and then scroll down to stolen device protection, and then you have to activate that. Once it's activated, then your phone starts learning about where you go and where you spend most of your time. This is actually kind of bizarre to me. If this feature would have come out five years ago, you would have just dropped a pen. That you would just open it up and you would say, you know, significant locations. Here is my home. You type in your home address. Here is my work. Here's my work address. And maybe maybe one other one just to you know, really cover your bases. But for some reason, Apple's decided that they have to collect your location data indefinitely, suck it all up, and then run recognition algorithms over the top of it that apparently can take some time, be kind of clunky. The, the people who were testing it out said that 
after two weeks away from the office, it no longer recognized that building as familiar. And so it seems like there's some kind of soft rules. This is strange that you don't just say, my office is blank, my home is blank, recognize, you know, trust these locations. That just seems like a much easier and straightforward path. So the way this works, let's say, uh, according to this article, you're you're out with some friends and you your a thief steals your phone. The um, thief would need to know more than just the passcode to get into your settings now, because when you your facial recognition or your touch ID or the first two things, those are not going to work if you're too far away from the places you go to. Then, but so you would have to put in the six-digit code, and well, these are the free locations I'm very frequently in. Yeah. So if you if you're trying to modify sensitive settings such as changing an Apple ID password, what you'd have to do is first you'd have to supply your Face ID, your Touch ID, then a one-hour countdown starts, and then you'd have to use your Face ID, your Touch ID again. And so the this is a. a useful extra layer of protection, but it seems like they're trying to stack systems on top of other systems in that the better choice would have just been to fix the root problem here, that there's too much linked together and it's too easily accessible. And not 100% sure why Apple chose the much more bizarre and, and clunky and awkward routes you know we, we asked last segment about what does apple ai look like if it's i have to be able to recognize this location so that i can make sure that people who have your phone can't steal your id that's not a great not a great introduction well i i kind of i guess i kind of get it if 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 your phone was left open when they got it and now they're going to go try and change the settings They've probably put it back in their pocket and have left. Or if it's going to make you wait a whole hour before you can change these settings and it's going to take the facial recognition again, well, that that thief is long gone with the phone. So you're not going to be standing nearby when the thief is not going to come up and hold the phone to your face and get your facial recognition going again. So the phone is basically bricked at that point. I can see where that's going to work. To, to stop someone from going in and changing the sensitive settings so they can have long-term access. If the phone's going to turn itself off after five minutes and the thief's going to put it in their pocket to walk away, it's probably not going to come back anyway. Yeah, the whole thing feels like they're, it's inartful is the best word that I have for it. That's, you know, if, if you have a, an iPhone, you should enable this. This is something that will make your life better. But if I was Apple and I was trying to protect my users, this is not the route that I would have taken. This is not the feature that I would have built. This is probably the first blush. 17.4 will make it better. 17.5 will be even better, better down the road, would be my guess. It's the way this is going to play out. Hopefully. So moving on to the big story, get back to artificial intelligence because it's impossible to do a show like this and not talk about AI. A whole, several authors have sued 
OpenAI and Microsoft over ChatGPT and its abilities? So specifically, these are authors from the New York Times. So over the past year, we've seen a lot of different types of authors sue OpenAI and, and, Chat, and Microsoft over ChatGPT, saying that their work was used without their permission. And those lawsuits face all kinds of challenges. It's, it's tough to say what's going to happen there. What makes this specific lawsuit from these authors at the New York Times far more compelling is that with just a little bit of prompting, they were able to get ChatGPT to spit out their New York Times articles in their entirety without the paywall. So right now, if you want to go read the New York Times, you have to pay the subscription for it. But they were able to get ChatGPT to just reproduce New York Times articles without the subscription. And that is something which is new and unique and is much more easy to win lawsuit cases around. Because now you have gotten into copyright issues and real money. And real money drives lawsuits. Because uh, with a lot of the other stuff, what OpenAI is going to say, while yes, ChatGPT might have read your book, it did something new with it. It transformed it. You know, it's, it's not simply a reproduction. There is something different about how what we ingested is different than what we output. Whereas this is very simply and demonstrably and straightforward. This is, you know, word for word, the New York Times article coming out of ChatGPT's mouth. And that is something where the New York Times has a very strong leverage point. Now, exactly where does this go? Do they take this lawsuit all the way to completion? Because if they win, then what does OpenAI do? You can't easily go in and, and pull that stuff out of the model. So then does New York Times say, well, okay, we're going to license you our stories and you're going to have to pay us some fee to use our products? Maybe. But it's not clear what exactly the results of this case are going to be, but it's going to be fascinating to track. So what is very easy to predict, the Formula E team fired their AI-generated influencer because people thought it was creepy as all hell. This is such a, yes, obviously predictable face plant of an event. So this Formula E team created a AI ambassador is the term they used, but it was an AI generated image of a conventionally attractive young woman. And they gave her all kinds of a personality and that they created a chatbot attached to her. And so it was designed to, you know, have a, a persona of bland captions on topics that were generic uh, and uh, distant from Formula E as well. Shoes, self-care, restful sleep. So it wasn't just like this, this person was talking only about Formula One. They were trying to create an entire Instagram influencer entirely out of AI. So the Instagram influencer's name was Ava Rose, a synthetic creation described as a sustainable tech queen and racing rebel robot. 
yeah, it's completely ridiculous and gross. And, you know, I, as, we're, as we're talking in prep, I, I can feel my boomer opinions being formed. And one of them is that we should not try to intentionally blur the lines between people and not people. And this AI-generated influencer is not a person, and I feel very strongly that we should not try and cobble together different forms of AI and have it masquerade as a human being. This is something we should take a lot of effort to across a lot of forms of society, and I'm worried about the direction that we're headed there. So there's a real woman, Hazel Southwell, a longtime Formula E correspondent, who is really, really upset about this because she's saying, look, if you want real women, if you want women to do this, there are real women like me who can do this job. We're here. We're ready. We, I can hold the microphone. I can talk. Hire me. I think that's absolutely another incredibly valid criticism is that the whole Formula One and Formula E ecosystem is incredibly masculine and has lots of uh, lawsuits around harassment and complaint and toxicity in the workplace. And so they've tried to make moves to be, one, to attract more female viewership, and two, to have more female employees. And those two things are likely related. And so to just say, well, it's hard to actually go talk to a woman and it's hard to make sure that no one's going to harass this woman in the workplace. So what if we just made one up and then have that be our woman to attract other women? You can see why a lot of actual women are very upset by this. And so, because there are, you know, people who are genuine formula E fans and they care about the product and they care about the races and the mission and you could have just paid one of them or you didn't have to pay one of them. You could have just brought them onto your team. But this company, Mahindra, didn't actually want to put in that effort. The entire Ava Rose debacle, according to Miss Southwell, waves a big red flag at situations where inclusion and diversity are swept up by a marketing machine intent on piggybacking on the latest tech trends without consideration for the human dynamics that make up the sport. And, and I think that that's a pattern that we will see play out in a lot of different places, and it will pretty much always fall flat on its face because, of course, it's going to. There's no way this goes well. We talked about the Sports Illustrated writer several months back how they pulled the plug on on that writer who was a, an AI generated. But at least this Formula E team is was openly upfront about it was an AI bot. It wasn't somebody pretending to be real, which, oh, by the way, very predictably, Sports Illustrated is, for all intents and purposes, out of business after doing more stupid things like what they just did. Yeah, I think that the that was the Sports Illustrated last-ditch effort. This company seems to still be exist, this Mahindra Esports. And I think, you know, to their credit, they weren't pretending that this was a real writer or a real person. Again, I, I think that that might be worse in some ways, that we, we should keep the line between person and artificial intelligence distinct. We should not try to overlap them. I have just 
really bad things about where that goes, but maybe that's me already showing my age. To keep your ire going in the outrage that needs to be, cops have used DNA to predict a suspect's face and try and run facial recognition on that. Yeah, this, this one, this one's bad. This one's real bad. We've talked about facial recognition in the past and all of the problems attached to it and that it's being used regardless of whether or not it's a good and reliable piece of technology. It is a part of the criminal justice system. We've talked about a lot of the issues with that, but then we've also talked about the issues with DNA recognition and that's how people are creating their DNA profiles with your Ancestry.com or 23andMe and those types of things and how those are also being used as part of law enforcement and how that has its own set of issues. And now we're combining these two things together. And yeah, this you're just going to get more and more errors and places where this can go horribly, horribly wrong. Back in 2017, the detectives were working a cold case in Berkeley, California, a woman was killed, and but they found some DNA, and they started running the, the DNA samples, and somebody said, well, you know, these DNA things, we think they probably would look something like this based upon this DNA profile and might have these facial features with this profile. So instead of having the the artist rendering a sketch based upon what the witness thought they saw. Now you've got a computer generating a face based upon what DNA thinks might be there. Yeah, and that's really complicated because when you get to the criminal justice system, we want to be very confident that the tools we're using are accurate, that they've been heavily vetted, that they've been, you know, discovered and as part of a court of law and that they've been really tested and that we know whenever they output a result that the result they output is going to be correct because you know we're, we're making heavy decisions about this is a murder case and so if someone's going to be on trial for this there are stiff penalties associated with that we need to make sure this is not something that has a you know ah well kind of sort of maybe we need to be very certain about these things. And none of this technology is very certain. All this technology is, well, maybe they have blue eyes. Maybe the eyes are green. Maybe the hair is brown. Maybe it's blonde. We can't really be that sure. And once again, we've said it many, many times. We'll say it again. We're not lawyers. We don't pretend to be. But one of the worst things that you can have is a whole bunch of eyewitnesses because they're very, very unpredictable, very, very unreliable. But when you have an eyewitness that is not even an eyewitness, you have something that's creating a face without ever having seen anything remotely about the face. If all of a sudden this AI bot says, you know what, this this is what I think this looks like, and all of a sudden it's my picture. They're going to come knock on my door and say, hey, we've seen your face before. We we think it's you. You're under arrest. This just has so many things wrong with it. And I only continue to worry about the places where this will go, that artificial intelligence is an incredibly powerful piece of 
technology, but it is not perfect. It makes mistakes. It makes a lot of mistakes. And we should be very careful about the trust that we're placing into it. And I just worry that we're not being as rigorous as we should be. And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show, or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast, which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.